Welcome to the Leadership Window podcast with Dr. Patrick Jinks. Each week through a social sector lens, Patrick interviews leaders and experts and puts us in touch with trends and tips for leading effectively. Patrick is an LSI certified leadership coach, a member of the Forbes Coaches Council, a best-selling author, award-winning photographer, and a professional speaker. And now, here's Dr. Patrick Jinks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Leadership Window. I am Dr. Patrick Jinks, and I've got a uh, a special guest, a unique guest. I don't know what you call it, but um, I know one thing you could call it. I have an artificial guest on the program today. I don't know what to uh, formally name this guest. I could say this is an interview with artificial intelligence. I could say it's an interview with open AI. I could say it's an interview with chat GPT. So if you have been, I don't know, living in a cave or a hole somewhere, you might not have become acquainted with this new AI technology known as ChatGPT or OpenAI. There are a number of different platforms now. Google has its own called Bard. But um, ChatGPT, I guess, is the the trend right now, the current one, the, the one that is getting all the attention. And I've used it a few times for different things, content creation, uh, certainly used it a lot for answers to questions. It is a more powerful tool than simply using Siri or, you know, you could go to Google's product or Alexa or whatever. This is different. Chat GPT is different. If you haven't tried it, check it out at open.ai. I think it's open.ai. Just Google chat GPT. You'll find it. A lot of people are afraid of it. I've done a couple of workshops on technology where I've included ChatGPT as a source of a resource for uh, people in in creating content, generating content, answering questions, helping to the creativity process, um, giving energy to brainstorming and creativity and idea generation. And uh, I decided, hey, let's try a let's try an experiment. Let's let's get into this. Let's see if I can interview ChatGPT for a podcast. This is a podcast about leadership through a social sector lens. So it's about the nonprofit leadership space. Let's see how ChatGPT handles a podcast. So here's how it's going to work. Uh, I've already conducted the interview. And um, what I did, you conduct the interview on a chat-based or a text-based platform online on the website. So I created my questions and then I um, allowed ChatGPT to generate its responses. When it generated its responses, because this is a podcast, which requires audio for you to be able to listen to this, I had to take the responses and use more artificial intelligence to create an audible version. So text, uh, text to speech, in other words. So then what I did is I said, okay, I've got the text to speech for the, the chat GPT. Now I just need to record my own voice for the questions, because again, you have to be able to hear them. So I'm going to just pause here in a second and, um, let you hear now the interview that I had with chat GPT 
for this podcast. Um, I decided to use a female voice for my guest, uh, mostly just to really separate my voice and, and the chat GPT voice, make it easier to listen to. You will know that this is an artificial voice. It's not, um, I'm not using the highest tech, which there's an amazing technology around audio now where you wouldn't be able to know this was automated, but you'll know on this one, it's, it's not, uh, the old robotic sound, but it's enough of sort of a Siri or Alexa sound that you'll know it's artificial, but these were the actual responses. So I have not edited the responses at all. It, you're going to hear word for word how ChatGPT responded to each of my questions. No editing whatsoever, just the whole interview. I don't even know how long this is going to be once it's uh, sort of all finalized and recorded. But um, I thought this would be interesting for everyone to hear. So let's get it going here. Um, let me just introduce to you my guest. And my guest is, I guess for now, I'm going to call it ChatGPT. I think that's the formal name of the platform. And uh, so here we go. ChatGPT, welcome to the show. I'm going to let you introduce yourself more to our guest. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me on your podcast. As an AI language model, I don't have a physical presence or personality, but I'm designed to process and generate human-like language. I'm trained on a vast amount of text data and can understand and respond to a wide range of topics and questions. I'm here to assist you with any questions or topics you would like to discuss. Okay, well, this is a show about leadership, after all. Uh, leadership through a social sector or nonprofit lens. So I guess my first question for you is, what is your experience uh, and perspective on the biggest issues facing nonprofit leaders today? One of the biggest issues that nonprofit leaders face is funding. Nonprofits rely on donations, grants, and other sources of funding to support their operations and programs, but securing funding can be a constant challenge. Additionally, nonprofits often operate in areas where there is significant need but limited resources, which can make it difficult to meet the needs of their constituents. Another challenge is managing and retaining volunteers and staff. Nonprofits often rely heavily on volunteers and may have limited resources to compensate staff. This can make it challenging to recruit and retain talented individuals who are committed to the mission and goals of the organization. Finally, nonprofits need to be able to adapt to changing circumstances and environments. The world around us is constantly changing, and nonprofits need to be able to adjust their strategies and operations to stay relevant and effective. This requires strong leadership and a willingness to embrace new ideas and technologies. Okay, well, I think you're right about the need for nonprofit leaders to be able to adapt to change. COVID certainly taught us that. Where do you think nonprofits were able to thrive during the pandemic? The COVID-19 pandemic presented a unique set of challenges for nonprofits, but it also created new opportunities for them to thrive. Some of the areas where nonprofits were able to thrive during the pandemic include, one, digital transformation. The pandemic forced many nonprofits to accelerate their digital transformation efforts, moving their operations and programs online. 
This allowed them to continue to reach and engage with their communities, even when in-person activities were not possible. 2. Innovation and Creativity The pandemic required nonprofits to be more innovative and creative in the ways they operated and delivered services. Nonprofits that were able to adapt quickly and find new ways to meet the needs of their communities were able to thrive. 3. Collaboration and Partnerships The pandemic highlighted the importance of collaboration and partnerships among nonprofits, as well as with other sectors. Nonprofits that were able to form strong partnerships and work together to address the challenges presented by the pandemic were able to make a significant impact. 4. Donor Engagement Many nonprofits were able to engage with donors in new and innovative ways during the pandemic. Donors who were not able to give financially were able to give in other ways, such as volunteering their time and skills. Overall, nonprofits that were able to adapt quickly, innovate, collaborate, and engage with their communities were able to thrive during the pandemic. Okay, so I can already see the the depth of content that you're able to produce. Let's get into maybe your your predictability competencies. Do you think another pandemic like COVID-19 is in our foreseeable future? As an AI language model, I don't have access to information about the future, so I cannot predict with certainty whether another pandemic like COVID-19 is likely to occur in the foreseeable future. However, it is important to note that pandemics have occurred throughout human history and have the potential to occur again. Many public health experts believe that it is not a matter of if, but when another pandemic will occur. There are many factors that contribute to the emergence and spread of pandemics, including population growth, travel, and climate change. It is important for individuals and organizations, including nonprofits, to be prepared for the possibility of another pandemic in the future. Nonprofits can play a critical role in responding to pandemics by providing essential services and support to their communities. They can also help to raise awareness about the importance of public health measures and advocate for policies that protect the most vulnerable populations. By working together with other sectors, nonprofits can help to mitigate the impact of future pandemics and ensure that communities have the resources they need to respond and recover. All right, let me shift gears. Let's talk about leadership for a little bit. How do you think leadership in general has changed over the past 10 to 15 years? Over the past 10 to 15 years, leadership has undergone significant changes in response to shifts in the global business and social landscape. Some of the key changes in leadership include, one, emphasis on agility. In today's fast-paced and rapidly changing world, leaders need to be agile and able to adapt quickly to new circumstances. This requires a willingness to take risks, experiment with new approaches, and embrace new technologies. 2. Focus on purpose and values. There is a growing emphasis on purpose-driven leadership, with many organizations placing a greater emphasis on their values and mission. Leaders who can inspire their teams and stakeholders with a compelling vision and purpose are more likely to be successful. 3. Increase diversity and inclusion. There is a growing recognition of the importance of diversity and inclusion in the workplace, and many leaders are working to create more inclusive and equitable organizations. This requires a willingness to listen, learn, and engage with diverse perspectives and backgrounds. 4. Greater collaboration. In today's interconnected world, collaboration is becoming increasingly important. 
leaders who can build and sustain partnerships across different sectors and disciplines are more likely to achieve success. 5. Technology Technology has had a profound impact on leadership, allowing leaders to communicate, collaborate, and make decisions in new and innovative ways. Leaders who are comfortable with technology and able to leverage it to their advantage are more likely to be successful. Overall, leadership has become more complex and demanding over the past 10 to 15 years, requiring leaders to be adaptable, purpose-driven, inclusive, collaborative, and technologically savvy. Okay, well, let me pause here and say that so far, I am very impressed with your interview skills. Thank you very much. As an AI language model, I am designed to respond to a wide range of questions and topics. I'm glad to hear that you are finding our conversation informative and engaging. Please feel free to ask me any additional questions you may have. Okay, well, I do have a number of other questions for you. Let me test your knowledge a bit. Uh, one of the most critical competencies of leadership is emotional intelligence. What do you know about the emotional intelligence or EIQ framework? And what do you believe to be the most important aspect of it? Emotional intelligence is a critical competency for leaders, and the EIQ framework is one way to conceptualize and measure emotional intelligence. EIQ stands for Emotional Intelligence Quotient, and it includes several key components. 1. Self-awareness, the ability to recognize and understand one's own emotions, strengths, and weaknesses. 2. Self-regulation, the ability to manage one's own emotions, thoughts, and behaviors in a way that is appropriate for the situation. 3. Motivation, the ability to use one's own emotions to drive and sustain motivation and achievement. 4. Empathy, the ability to recognize and understand the emotions and perspectives of others. 5. Social skills, the ability to communicate effectively, build and maintain relationships, and work collaboratively with others. All of these components are important for effective leadership, but I believe that empathy is particularly critical. Leaders who are able to understand and empathize with their team members, stakeholders, and customers are more likely to build strong relationships, inspire loyalty and commitment, and create a positive and supportive work environment. By demonstrating empathy, leaders can create a culture of trust, respect, and collaboration, which can help to drive organizational success. Okay, well, as a coach that uses emotional intelligence assessments on our coaches frequently. Uh, everything you said, as far as I'm concerned, is spot on. Um, and our listeners can just Google emotional intelligence in the framework and find out how spot on this actually is. But let's move on to another topic. Um, here's a question for you. Why should our listeners be concerned about AI? I mean, it's a bit unnerving that in 2023, I can hold an actual live conversation about social sector leadership with what is essentially a bot. What should the public be looking out for as we move into this age of artificial intelligence? AI has the potential to transform many aspects of our lives, including how we work, communicate, and solve problems. While there are many potential benefits to AI, there are also legitimate concerns that the public should be aware of. 
One of the main concerns with AI is the potential impact on jobs and the economy. As AI technology advances, it has the potential to automate many tasks and jobs, which could lead to significant job displacement and economic disruption. Another concern is the potential for AI to be used for nefarious purposes, such as cyber attacks, surveillance, and other forms of exploitation. There are also concerns about the ethical implications of AI, including issues around bias, transparency, and accountability. In the social sector, there is a growing interest in the potential applications of AI for social good, including using AI to improve healthcare, education, and disaster response. However, there are also concerns about the potential for AI to exacerbate existing social and economic inequalities if it is not implemented in a thoughtful and responsible way. It is important for the public to be aware of the potential risks and benefits of AI and to engage in informed discussions about the responsible use of this technology. This includes considering issues around transparency, privacy, and accountability, and ensuring that AI is developed and implemented in a way that supports human values and dignity. So I did a workshop recently for some consultants in the nonprofit sector, and I demonstrated ChatGPT for them. And there were some concerns, among other things, about plagiarism. Is ChatGPT a legitimate tool for academics or even some professions like law or media? ChatGPT is a powerful language model that can be used to generate human-like text on a wide range of topics. While it can be a useful tool for academics, writers, and other professionals, it is important to use it responsibly and ethically. In academic and professional contexts, it is important to properly cite and attribute sources of information. If you use ChatGPT to generate text for a research paper, for example, you should cite the source of the text as generated by ChatGPT. It is also important to carefully review and edit any text generated by ChatGPT to ensure that it is accurate, relevant, and appropriate for your purposes. In some professions, such as law or media, there may be additional concerns around the use of ChatGPT. For example, using ChatGPT to generate legal documents or news articles may raise ethical and legal issues around accuracy, liability, and plagiarism. It is important to consider these issues carefully and to use ChatGPT in a way that is responsible and ethical. Overall, ChatGPT can be a legitimate tool for academics and professionals, but it should be used thoughtfully and with appropriate caution. It is important to understand the limitations and potential risks of the technology and to use it in a way that is consistent with professional standards and ethics. So let's talk about plagiarism a little more. Where does ChatGPT get its responses from? Do you ever actually borrow from content works and, and content or is your content original? As an AI language model, I don't borrow or directly reproduce content from existing works. Rather, I generate text based on patterns and relationships in the data that I was trained on. The data that I was trained on consists of a vast amount of text from a variety of sources, including books, articles, and websites, as well as other public domain sources such as government reports and social media posts. While the text generated by ChatGPT is not directly taken from existing works, 
It is possible that some of the text generated by ChatGPT may resemble existing works, either in terms of phrasing or content. This is because the language model is designed to generate text based on patterns and relationships in the data, which may include common phrases or structures used in existing works. It is important for users of ChatGPT to carefully review and edit any text generated by the model to ensure that it is original, relevant, and appropriate for their purposes. This includes properly citing and attributing any sources of information used in the text. Are there plagiarism checkers that we can use to vet your content? There are plagiarism checkers that can be used to evaluate text generated by ChatGPT or any other source of content. These tools can be useful in identifying instances where text generated by ChatGPT may resemble existing works, either in terms of phrasing or content. Some popular plagiarism checkers include Turnitin, Grammarly, and Copyscape. These tools use a variety of techniques to evaluate text and identify potential instances of plagiarism, including comparing the text to a database of existing works and analyzing the structure and language used in the text. It is important to note, however, that these tools are not foolproof and may not detect all instances of plagiarism. It is also important to use these tools in conjunction with careful review and editing to ensure that the text is original, relevant, and appropriate for your purposes. Okay, let's get back to some relevant content for our nonprofit leaders who are listening. As a coaching consultant, I am struggling with virtual meetings. Um, I've talked about it a lot on my show. I can run them, but I honestly hate them. I might assume that you're totally okay with them, but aren't we getting away from human connection by relying too heavily on tools like Zoom? As an AI language model, I don't have personal preferences or feelings about virtual meetings, but I can provide some insights on the pros and cons of using virtual communication tools like Zoom in the nonprofit sector. Virtual meetings and communication tools like Zoom have become increasingly popular in the nonprofit sector, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. These tools offer many benefits, such as increased efficiency, reduced travel costs, and the ability to connect with people from different locations. However, it is important to recognize that virtual meetings and communication tools can also have limitations. One of the biggest challenges is the lack of human connection and the difficulty in building trust and rapport virtually. It can be more challenging to read body language and nonverbal cues, and there can be a greater risk of miscommunication or misunderstandings. To mitigate these challenges, it is important to be intentional about building relationships and connections virtually. This may include setting aside time for informal conversation and building in opportunities for team members to share personal stories or experiences. It is also important to recognize that virtual communication tools are not always the best option for every situation. In some cases, face-to-face -face communication may be more effective, especially for sensitive or complex topics. Overall, virtual communication tools like Zoom can be a useful tool for nonprofits, but it is important to be aware of the potential limitations and to use them in a way that is appropriate for the situation. Okay, well, that sounded like a political answer, and I'm not surprised. Um, speaking of politics, let's shift gears here. Do you have any predictions on the upcoming presidential election of 2024? 
As an AI language model, I do not have personal opinions or political affiliations, and I do not make predictions or engage in political commentary. My purpose is to provide objective and factual information on a wide range of topics. <laughs> Chicken. As an AI language model, I do not have personal opinions or feelings. My purpose is to provide informative and helpful responses to your questions. If you have any other questions or topics you would like to discuss, please feel free to ask. All right, all right, I get it. Um, here's one for you. Which nonprofits in the United States would you say are the most effective? Can you give a couple of examples? There are many effective nonprofits in the United States, each with their own unique strengths and areas of impact. Here are a few examples of nonprofits that are widely recognized for their effectiveness. 1. Feeding America. Feeding America is a national network of food banks that works to alleviate hunger and food insecurity in the United States. Through partnerships with local food banks, Feeding America provides food and resources to millions of Americans each year. 2. Habitat for Humanity. Habitat for Humanity is a nonprofit organization that works to provide affordable housing to families in need. Through a combination of volunteer labor and donations of money and materials, Habitat for Humanity has helped to build and repair homes for millions of people around the world. 3. Doctors Without Borders. Doctors Without Borders is a medical humanitarian organization that provides emergency medical care and support in crisis situations around the world. Through a network of doctors, nurses, and other medical professionals, Doctors Without Borders provides life-saving medical care to people in some of the most challenging and dangerous environments in the world. 4. The Nature Conservancy The Nature Conservancy is a nonprofit organization that works to protect and preserve natural habitats and biodiversity around the world. Through partnerships with governments, businesses, and local communities, the Nature Conservancy has helped to conserve millions of acres of land and water and protect thousands of species from extinction. These are just a few examples of effective nonprofits in the United States. There are many other organizations that are making a significant impact in their respective areas of focus, and it is important to consider the unique strengths and approaches of each organization when evaluating their effectiveness. Okay, so, uh, boy, let's get real deep and test this. Um, what about in my home state of South Carolina? Are there any standout nonprofits to you in South Carolina? There are many effective nonprofits operating in South Carolina, each with their own unique strengths and areas of impact. Here are a few examples of nonprofits that are making a significant impact in the state. 1. Harvest Hope Food Bank. Harvest Hope Food Bank is a nonprofit organization that works to alleviate hunger in South Carolina. Through a network of partner agencies and distribution centers, Harvest Hope provides food assistance to thousands of individuals and families in need each year. 2. Palmetto Conservation Foundation The Palmetto Conservation Foundation is a nonprofit organization that works to protect and promote natural and cultural resources in South Carolina. Through a variety of initiatives, including trail development and conservation, the Palmetto Conservation Foundation has helped to preserve thousands of acres of land and improve access to outdoor recreation opportunities. 3. Children's Trust of South Carolina The Children's Trust of South Carolina is a nonprofit organization that works to prevent child abuse and neglect in the state. Through a combination of public education, policy advocacy, 
and direct service programs, the Children's Trust has helped to improve the lives of thousands of children and families in South Carolina. 4. Lowcountry Food Bank The Lowcountry Food Bank is a nonprofit organization that works to alleviate hunger and food insecurity in coastal South Carolina. Through a network of partner agencies and distribution centers, the Lowcountry Food Bank provides food assistance to thousands of individuals and families in need each year. These are just a few examples of effective nonprofits in South Carolina. There are many other organizations that are making a significant impact in the state, and it is important to consider the unique strengths and approaches of each organization when evaluating their effectiveness. Uh, what, in, what information can you give me on the CEOs of these organizations you just mentioned? As an AI language model, I don't have access to real-time information and data about the current CEOs of these organizations. However, you can easily find information about their leadership teams and staff by visiting their websites or contacting the organizations directly. Most nonprofit organizations provide detailed information about their leadership structure and staff on their websites or in annual reports, and they are often happy to answer questions and provide additional information upon request. Okay, glad I asked. Um, we are learning in real time about some of your limitations. <laughs> um, what is the most powerful thing that ChatGPT is capable of? As an AI language model, one of the most powerful things that ChatGPT is capable of is generating human-like text on a wide range of topics. ChatGPT is able to understand natural language and generate responses that are contextually relevant, informative, and engaging. This can be incredibly helpful in a variety of contexts, such as customer service, content creation, and research. ChatGPT is also able to learn and adapt over time, based on the data it is exposed to. This means that as it is exposed to more data, it can become increasingly sophisticated in its ability to understand and respond to human language. Overall, the power of ChatGPT lies in its ability to generate high-quality, relevant text on a wide range of topics, which can be incredibly helpful in a variety of contexts. Okay, well, I must say, since I can't hurt your feelings, that you are a bit repetitive, which is fine. Um, but can you give me three examples of specific uses of ChatGPT that you would say are particularly amazing? Sure. Here are three examples of specific uses of ChatGPT that are particularly impressive. One, language translation. ChatGPT can be used to translate text between different languages, making it possible for people who speak different languages to communicate more effectively. For example, ChatGPT has been used to develop real-time translation tools for use in international business, travel, and diplomacy. Two, personalized marketing. ChatGPT can be used to generate personalized marketing messages based on individual customer data and preferences. This can help businesses to more effectively target their marketing efforts and improve customer engagement and retention. 3. Medical Diagnosis ChatGPT can be used to generate diagnostic suggestions and treatment recommendations based on patient symptoms and medical history. This has the potential to improve patient outcomes and reduce healthcare costs by providing more accurate and efficient diagnosis and treatment options. These are just a few examples of the many innovative and impressive ways that ChatGPT is being used to improve communication, marketing, and healthcare. 
Okay, the medical diagnosis one gives me great pause. <laughs> Don't you think it's extremely dangerous to use ChatGPT or AI for medical diagnosis? Seems there would be some serious problems with that. It is true that there are potential risks and challenges associated with using ChatGPT or AI for medical diagnosis. One of the biggest concerns is the potential for inaccuracies or errors in diagnosis or treatment recommendations, which could have serious consequences for patient health. However, there are also potential benefits to using AI for medical diagnosis, including improved efficiency, accuracy, and cost-effectiveness. For example, AI-powered diagnostic tools may be able to analyze large amounts of medical data more quickly and accurately than human doctors, and may be able to identify patterns and relationships that would be difficult for human doctors to identify. It is important to recognize that AI and other technologies are not intended to replace human doctors or medical professionals, but rather to support and enhance their work. AI can be a valuable tool for medical professionals, but it should be used in a way that is responsible, ethical, and informed by human expertise and judgment. Overall, the use of ChatGPT or AI for medical diagnosis is an area of ongoing research and development, and it is important to consider the potential risks and benefits carefully before implementing these technologies in clinical settings. Okay, well, I don't know if I'm ready for that one yet, but uh, how about my motorcycle? Can you tell me, for example, why my 2021 Harley-Davidson Street Bob might be making a buzzing sound at high RPMs? I did just recently have the engine upgraded with a power cam and exhaust, but what could be causing the buzzing or fast rattling sound? As an AI language model, I don't have access to real-time data about your motorcycle, and I'm not an expert on Harley-Davidson motorcycles or engines. However, a buzzing or rattling sound at high RPMs could be caused by a number of factors, including loose or worn parts, a malfunctioning component, or an issue with the engine or transmission. It is possible that the recent engine upgrade with a power cam and exhaust may be contributing to the issue, especially if the upgrade was not installed properly or if there is a problem with one of the components. It may be helpful to consult a Harley-Davidson mechanic or expert who can diagnose the issue and recommend appropriate solutions. Mm. In general, it is important to address any unusual sounds or performance issues with your motorcycle as soon as possible, as they may be an indication of a more serious problem. Regular maintenance and inspections can also help to prevent issues from arising and ensure that your motorcycle is running smoothly and safely. Okay, well, we're seeing a few more of your limitations. But again, I am overall impressed. Uh, so let me wrap this up with two questions I ask all my guests. First, I would normally ask about a leader in your life who has influenced you, but since you don't have personal experiences, I will ask you this. Name a leader in the tech world who has had the most influence on the advancement of AI. There are many leaders in the tech world who have had a significant influence on the advancement of AI, but one person who stands out is Andrew Ng, Andrew Ng is a computer scientist and entrepreneur who has played a key role in advancing the field of AI through his work on deep learning and machine learning algorithms. He is a co-founder of Google Brain and Coursera, 
and he has also held positions at Stanford University and Baidu. Ng has been instrumental in developing and popularizing deep learning algorithms, which have revolutionized the field of AI and made it possible to train neural networks on large datasets with high accuracy. He has also been a strong advocate for democratizing access to AI tools and education through initiatives like Coursera and his work on AI education and outreach. Overall, Andrew Ng's contributions to the field of AI have been significant and far-reaching, and he continues to be a leading voice in the ongoing development and application of AI technologies. Okay, and here's the second question I like to ask all of my guests. If you had 15 seconds to give one single piece of advice to all leaders of the world, what would you say? My advice to all leaders would be to stay curious and open-minded. By being curious and open to new ideas, perspectives, and approaches, leaders can continue to learn and grow, innovate and adapt, and ultimately achieve greater success and impact in their work. So I should have asked for your name early on in the interview. If you had a human-like name for the purpose of this podcast, for example, uh, what would it be? As an AI language model, I don't have a human-like name, but you can refer to me as ChatGPT, which stands for Chat Generative Pre-trained Transformer. Okay. Well, uh, maybe I'll call you Chat for short, and I will thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to be here and engage in this conversation with you. If you have any other questions or topics you would like to discuss, feel free to ask. I will. And I may decide to have you on the program again down the road, but that will do it for now. Thanks again. Thank you. I look forward to the possibility of joining you again in the future. Have a great day. You do as well. And there you have it, folks. That's my interview with the, the infamous chat GPT. Uh, you know, I went through this and I, you know, again, I'm amazed at the quality of the content. This is real stuff. I thought there was some really good sections in there. You probably picked up on the, you know, politically correct examples, you know, of, well, I don't really have an opinion. I can't tell the future. I can't tell you about your motorcycle, but so I imagine that this stuff is programmed with, um, you know, legal implications in mind. I mean, what happens when chat GPT gives poor advice that leads to a safety issue? You know, what if chat GPT told me something about my motorcycle that made me do something that was in unsafe and I end up having an accident, you know, who, can I sue, you know, open AI for that, for example. So, you know, if you listened to our, a uh, couple episodes ago, we had mentor dial on the program talking about programming empathy into AI, but what about programming, um, you know, le legal safety and protection into AI? Who's held responsible if any advice given by artificial intelligence is taken and, and it ends up leading to some harm done to somebody? Anyway, those are, those are questions that um, we're going to have to figure out along the way. I will say this, whether you like it or not, AI is here. It's actually been here for quite some time, but it's becoming more sophisticated and, and it's being uh, woven into our fabric in such a way that is becoming less and less obvious 
that it is AI. I saw a meme the other day, actually it was this morning on uh, Facebook, and it was a meme, it was a video of some old man giving some really cool advice about something. I don't remember what it was. And it took me a minute to realize that this old man who's talking on camera, just looking straight into the camera, my first impression was this is a great quality video. It had it had this really nice cinematic tone to it. And there's this old man in kind of the, you know, the old the old golfer's hat or whatever, um, you know, given this great life lesson. And it took me a few seconds to realize that his the lip sync was art, something was off. It was a little artificial, just a little though. Most of the pronunciations, it looked like he was actually making those pronunciations. But if you look closely enough, you can tell, yeah, this is an artificial, per this isn't even a real man. This is artificially generated. I, I'm guessing the audio was too, although you can you can create real audio and then put a, a an avatar over it. But these are things that we're seeing all the time, every day. And many people still don't realize that's what they're looking at. They're looking at artificial intelligence. They're listening to it. They're watching it. We're seeing videos. It, it, this is where it gets scary. This is where AI gets really scary is it's getting to the point where you almost can't tell the difference between reality and what's artificial. And so how dangerous can that get in our world? Um, that all being said, I have to tell you, it is here. And my thing is let's use it to its advantage. Let's, let's use it productively. I think there's ways that we can serve our clients better. We can serve our staff better. We can market more effectively. There are things that we can do with AI that we just couldn't do before. So, hey, take it with a grain of salt. I just wanted to have this experiment. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll have chat GPT on some other time. Until then, make sure that what you're doing is not artificial. Be genuine. Be real. People can see through the superficial pretty quickly. So if there's anything about leadership that I could say today, it is be authentic. If you're going to use artificial intelligence, use it to support the work that you are authentically doing. Lead on.